Thank you for listening in. As human beings, we worry. As children of God, we are to worry about nothing. And how do we do this? By trusting in our all-knowing, everywhere-present, all-powerful God. While we have no control over what we may face, God is in full control. And He's ready, willing, and able to take control of any and all situations confronting us. If only we would trust Him at all times to do His good and perfect work. Have your Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. When Christians worry, we become angry at God. That's the danger of worry. When Christians worry, we become angry at God. We become angry at ourselves. And we also become angry at others. That's what makes worrying so dangerous. Job chapter 2 verses 9 through 10 says, Then his wife, whose wife? Job's wife, said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Uh, this righteous man lost his family. He lost his livestock. He, he, he lost everything. Lost his health. He, he incurred so much losses until his wife said, why don't you curse God and die? Ah, uh, bad counsel. You bad, bad counsel can come from anyone. It can come from a favorite uncle, a favorite nephew, a, a cousin, a brother, a wife, a friend, a sorority person, a fraternity person, another member of the church. Satan can speak through people and give you bad counsel. Uh, Mrs. Job said, curse God and die. And that's when the devil comes. He comes, he comes when you're down. He comes, he comes when he thinks he has you. But verse 10, but Job said to Mrs. Job, his wife, her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? He said, in other words, he said, why not receive the bad? We have no problem in receiving the good. And that's a principle we can learn here today. Oh, who says that we shouldn't have a plague or we shouldn't have the flu come upon us or we shouldn't have an earthquake or a hurricane? All of this. They say, why are these things coming upon us? You got to realize all of this is rooted all the way back in Genesis when Adam and Eve sinned against God. Uh, all of this came as a result of sin. Had there been no sin in the world, we wouldn't have that viruses and plagues and all this. People saying, where did all this come from? It came uh, from the entrance of sin through the disobedience of Adam and Eve. That's where it came from. You don't have to chase theories and all these kinds of things. It goes all the way back to Genesis. So Job says, shall we indeed accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Wow. In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. When we are controlled by the spirit of anger, we give opportunity for the world. We give opportunity for flesh. We give opportunity for Satan to take advantage of us. A sure sign of anger is that we talk too much. When you're angry, people just talk. You can't stop them. You can't quiet them down. As a matter of fact, they get they get they just get louder. They're right next to you, but they're talking like you're way across the street. You know why they can't stop talking? They're mad. You know why they get loud? They're mad. They're mad. Mad folk get loud. Mad folk can't stop talking. And their speech is unfiltered. As in the case of Mrs. Job, 
So being angry for an elongated period of time is to your own detriment. We must have a spirit posture. We must have a spiritual posture like that of Job who said, shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? My friend, you cannot say this unless you have a close, intimate relationship with the Lord. We must learn from Job's example and not sin with our lips by talking too much. Possess a quiet posture about yourself. Be slow to speak. And when you do speak, speak with wisdom. When you do speak, speak with understanding. When you do speak, speak with spiritual insight. When you think before you speak and when you hear from God, you speak with discernment which will bless the hearers of your words. Number seven, when believers worry, bad decisions are made because of putting confidence in man and not God. When believers worry, bad decisions are made because of putting confidence in man and not God. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verses seven through eight, it says, blesses the man who trusts in the Lord. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Verse eight, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters. That tree doesn't move. It stays in place. It gets its roots deep in the soil because it remains in place. It's not transient. You don't see trees hopping all over the place. The scripture says, which spreads out its roots. The reason its roots can spread out is because it's near water. And because it stays in place and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought. Why? Because because of the roots, the spiritual roots that we have when droughts and plagues and famines and earthquakes and tornadoes and hurricanes and all of these things hit will not be anxious. Whether it's drought, floods, or in good times, we'll not be anxious, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Are you still bearing fruit even during this coronavirus? We are to be productive. We must be fruitful. We must be bringing um, value to people's lives. When we trust God through adversity, We become a good testimony before an onlooking world and we remain firmly planted in the midst of plagues and viruses and all of this. We are firmly planted and rooted deeply in Christ. We are productive because he, the Lord, is the source of our strength. He alone is the source of our sustenance, whereas those who are not well-rooted, they are erratic, they are transient, they they shut themselves in, they can't go out, they think everything's going to get them and their children, they're just in a corner holding their heads and is it going to get, is this plague going to get me tomorrow? I'm scared, I'm fearful. I submit to you today, my friend, you can't go anywhere until You have fulfilled God's purpose for your life. 
Now, sometimes some people hasten their death because of suicide. They do self-murder or they get foolish and try things and become daredevils. And they cut their lives short through alcohol and and uh, wild living and sexual immorality and sexual diseases. All of that will cut your life short. But when you're living for God and until God's purpose for your life is completely fulfilled, You're not going anywhere. You'll be here 10 years later, 20 years later to talk about this very moment in time. So when you're well rooted, you won't be erratic. When you're well rooted, you won't be fearful. You won't be worried. You won't be emotionally unstable and you won't be unfruitful. Number eight, worry causes many believers to have a distracted mind. Worry causes many believers to have a distracted mind. This is why spending time in the presence of God is so critical in times of adversity. Luke chapter 10 verses 38 through 42 says, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving And as she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. You know, when God calls your name twice, you know he's trying to get your attention. Martha, Martha, are you worried and troubled about many things? Uh, He said it like this. You are worried and troubled about many things. Verse 42 says, but one thing is needed and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Beloved, what should be priority for believers is being like Mary, sitting in the presence of Jesus at his feet and hearing his word, which is the best cure for worry. I say it again. What should be priority for believers is being just like Mary, which is to sit in the presence of Jesus at his feet, listening to his word, which is the best cure for worry. I personally believe that God is using the coronavirus to teach us to be still in the presence of God. You see, you would be surprised at how many Christians are restless right now. They're stressed because of being shut in. They have the jitters uh, because they are always in the go mode. It's not that they can't go. They're a hot mess. They don't know what to do with themselves. They, they, they make everybody around them nervous because they just like going. Now they can't go. They have cabin, they have cabin fever simply because they are addicted to being on the move. They just got to go, 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 go. And God says, stop. I'm putting your life on hold. I'm putting the brakes on. My friend, God wants you to use this time to rediscover the Bible and deepen your relationship with Christ. When you sit at the feet of the Lord Jesus, you position yourself to be as close as you can get to him so that you will not miss a word that he wants to reveal to you. I have a question for you, my friend. In this very crisis that we are in, how close are you to God? In this crisis that we are in, 
How close are you to God? Number nine, worry steals your joy. Worry steals your joy. In Psalms 51, 12a, it says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. You know, the psalmist says restore, which means he once had it and then he lost it. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Beloved, it is impossible to worry and rejoice in the God of your salvation. At the same time, you are either worrying or you're rejoicing. But it it can't be both. It is impossible to worry and rejoice in the God of your salvation at the same time. The joy of Jesus is the best testimony you can have for Christ at this moment, especially during times of uncertainty. When people are fretful, when people are disturbed, when people are worried, people who choose not to be a victim of their circumstances, but rather choose to live in victory, will possess the joy of the Lord. Joy is a choice which will draw others to Christ because they see the joy of the Lord all over you. They'll want what you have. Another question, my friend, are you living as a victim or are you living as a victor? You cannot live both at the same time. You're either a victim or are you a victor? And sadly, so many Christians have that victim mentality. They blame everybody. They're looking for conspiracy theories. Uh, They're scared they're going to lose jobs. They're scared they're going to catch a virus. They're scared of this. They're scared of that. They've lost their freedom to the point that they are now living in bondage and, and can't admit it even though it's true. You get to choose whether you want to live as a victor or you or whether you choose to live as a victim. It really goes back to how you think. Now, if you want your joy back, if you've lost your joy through this crisis, I'm going to give you a scripture that is so good for joy restoration, the restoration of joy. And that scripture is found in the book of Philippians, chapter four, verse eight. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure. Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, not bad news, good report. If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. As you meditate on each of the spiritual components in Philippians 4, 8, I declare to you today, my friend, you will rediscover the joy of your salvation. Beloved, meditating and implementing Philippians 4, 8 is the surest way to rediscover joy in your life. Finally, but not the least, we will worry when we fail to realize how valuable we are to God. We will worry when we fail to realize just how valuable We are to God. Matthew chapter six, verse 26 says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? I love that passage. 
He said, you're more valuable than the birds, says our Lord. I created the birds, but I created you with more value than the birds. Genesis chapter one, verse 27, it says, so God created man in his own image. No one else can say that. God created man in his own image. Uh, in the image of God, he created him. And in case you women feel like you're left out, he includes you too. It's not just man, man and woman, male and female were both created in the image of God. That's why we don't cuss people out. That's why we don't kill people. That's why we don't scheme against people. That's why we shouldn't backbite against people. That's why we ought not be jealous of people. That's why we ought not be prejudiced because we are all made in the very image and likeness of almighty God. And because we are created in his image, we have immense value. In Psalms 139 verses 13 through 14a, it says, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Look, look at that value. God created us so fearfully, so wonderfully. And look what he says after he created us. He said, the, the psalmist says, marvelous are your works. He says about the work of God, you did a great thing. Marvelous are your works. In Psalms number eight, verses four and five, it says, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him for you made him a little lower than the angels. Just think we are made a little lower than the angels. That's value, my friends. And look, look at more value with that goes along with this. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. We have been crowned with glory and honor. My friends, that's value. The scriptures give us our value. John 3.16 speaks of value. You know the verse, but you don't see, many don't, many of you don't see the value in it. For God so loved the world. He so loved you that he sent his one and only son just for you. Why? Because you are that valuable to him that he sent his one and only son to die just for you. If you were the only person ever lived on this earth, he would have sent his one and only son just for you because he loves you with an unconditional love. He loves you with an everlasting love that he gave up heaven's best just for you because he value you that much. Beloved, why did God create, up, create us in his own image, say we are fearfully and wonderfully made? God made us a little lower than the angels. God crowned us with glory and honor. God sent his one and only son to save us from our sins. Then can't we trust him to protect us? Can't we trust him to provide for us? Can't we trust God to be our refuge if we have that much value? You begin to worry when you forget the infinite love of God for you. 
When you devalue yourself, stop saying I'm ugly. Don't call yourself stupid. Don't call yourself no good. You know, and maybe maybe you have brought issues and problems on problems on yourself. Maybe you as low as you can get. Think positive. Well, I'm down. The only way now is up. So stop devaluing yourself and start looking at the Lord who can help you out of your circumstances and lift you out of your condition. Don't allow anybody to devalue you. Don't embrace the names they called you. They call you. They, the, the world, they'll do that. You need to say what God says about you. The same God who takes care of the birds will take care of you. The scripture says, aren't you far more valuable than they are? I created the birds and they're special creatures, but you are above the birds. You are made in my image and likeness. Just listen from the scripture at how much God values you. Let's let the word speak in our clothes. The word of God will speak for a moment to just comfort your heart with how much God values you. Just listen to these scriptures. The Gospel of John chapter 1 verse 12 says, we are children of God. First John chapter 3 verse 1 says, God loves us. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says, we are a chosen generation and we are a royal priesthood. Look at that value. Romans 8:17 says, we are heirs of God. 2 Corinthians 5:20 says, we are ambassadors. We are God's representatives on earth. We're strangers and pilgrims in a foreign land. This world is not our home. We are ambassadors on a mission for Christ, my friends. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, we are his workmanship. He created us. He made us the way we are. And we ought to be thankful. What a wonderful workmanship we are. And then Isaiah 62, 12 says, we are redeemed. We've been bought with a price. Jesus has changed our whole life. Just to name a few, these passages of scripture that says just how valuable we are. Beloved, you will value yourself more if you just believe and accept what God says about you. Again, you will value yourself the more if you just believe and accept what God says about you. Therefore, trust God and do not worry because you are that valuable before the God who created and saved you. Let's pray. And Father, we thank you for this word. Thank you, Father, for speaking to our hearts today. And I pray this message serves as a tremendous source of encouragement, that it gives hope, that it is inspirational, that it is encouraging that it lifts the spirit of the of the disheartened, that it even save like only 
the word of God can do. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. Amen. I say to you today, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, this is a good day for you to receive him at this very moment. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You don't come on your terms. You come trusting God by faith alone, grace alone. Saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. Save me. Wash me with your blood. Come into my heart right now. Make me a new creation. If you say that from the depths of your heart, I believe in your death, your burial, your resurrection. God will save you right now and do miraculous things with you, through you, and to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory and his will for our lives. Therefore, we have no need to fear, even through trials, tribulations, and the coronavirus. We must stand firm on God's word, which commands us to be of good cheer, for he has overcome the world. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.